battle continues along the boards. Tuck has worked out to Petrovic, and he scores! Petrovic beats Price. The Panthers take a 2-1 lead. This is a great play by Alex Petrovic. This episode of the Two Months Podcast is brought to you by Longball Athletics. Longball Athletics is a Canadian apparel company that specializes in athletic and lifestyle apparel and accessories. Each product is uniquely self-designed and built with enhanced technologies to hold up against all conditions. With the brand constructed on a foundation of high quality, integrity, nonstop performance, and exceptional customer service. It's cultivated representation across all major professional golf tours. The 2016 Olympics, by sponsoring the Malaysian Golf Olympics team, the Golf Channel, NBC, and Sports Illustrated. The long ball mission is to inspire athletes around the world to work hard and play harder, whether it's before, during, and after the game. Join the lifestyle today at longball.com by using the discount code PETRO15 to get 15% off your order. You won't be disappointed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Muts podcast presented by Longball Athletics. I am your host, Joshua Marshall, with my other co-host, Ryan Petrovich. Ryan, how's it going? It's going good. A uh, little early this morning. We're going to have Dreger on here soon, but uh, it's going good, man. Yeah, I know it's uh, quite the uh, big pot, big get for us, obviously, you know, to kind of a humble brag, but really appreciate Darren uh, accepting our offer and coming on to the podcast. So looking forward to that and hopefully everyone likes it to be a lot of Oilers and other NHL news and notes, but heavily Oilers talk here um, going in. But, uh, you know, did you uh, catch any of the games last night? And if so, uh, what were your thoughts on, on the two games? Uh, I caught the third period of the Columbus game. Um, Just, yeah, Man, Columbus is rolling right now. I I didn't think that they would even make the playoffs. I thought they were just the chemistry just wasn't there. But they just they snuck in and man, they're just rolling right now. Yeah. Uh, I still I still think Boston comes back, wins the series. Just mostly because of the veteran yeah. leadership. And, yeah, they, they got some pretty good leadership over there. It's hard yeah. to, hard to count them out, especially when things get tough. They seem to you know, to, to kind they of don't do, give up. Yeah. They, they, just, they know what they need to do. Like they know they're down to one, but they're not panicking. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then, well, then the Marshawn thing with the punch in the back of the head, I mean, it's dirty, it's greasy, but it's also playoffs. Um, I mean, like, I've said before on the podcast, I'm probably the last person to talk about dirty play, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, Honestly, I, I didn't have that much of an issue with it. It was dirty. It was greasy. But like I said, it's playoffs and you do what you have to to win. If that means that guy takes an extra shot in the back of the head, maybe three games down the road, that extra shot kinks up his shoulder. And, you know, you never know. So you got to you gotta play every, I guess, every second of the game. And 
the guy, I don't know who he punched. I can't even remember. Scott, I think but, it was Harrington. Uh, yeah, Scott Harrington. Right. Yeah. Harrington can't just sit there on the ice like that and like think that nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You, you always got to be aware who's on the ice. Yeah. And Especially when Marshawn's like on the ice, I'm not just sitting in a scrum on my knees yeah. thinking, oh, nothing's going to happen. Oh, that's the first guy I'd be looking for is 63. And where where fuck is he? I'm going to go d- d- dummy him. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But well, I know Jenner kind of. Went after him after that, and but Marshawn kind of skated away. But yeah, uh, that's that's his game, though, right? Yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna stick around and drop the gloves. He's gonna be greasy like that. So now next game they're gonna be PO'd off, pissed off at him, and maybe they take an extra penalty for it, and yeah, they score, and then there's your split, right? So, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, you know, kind of, with that series, it's kind of it's been. It's been a bit odd in a way. Like obviously, the, the, the couple. I think they had a couple of OT games there. So, you know, and everyone can say that they're up three. They could Columbus can be up three nothing, but uh, you know, it's it's. I think it's far from over. I think this one's going seven in a way. I I can't see it being a short series. Boston no. and Tukaras. You know, many of the haters out there, they are. He's been playing great, especially in the last like four or five games here. I know he had maybe the odd shaky one against Toronto, but you know, game seven versus the Leafs, he's been good and he's been good in three games in this series. So, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, what, what was your thoughts on the Colorado San Jose game? I didn't get to watch much of it last night. It was kind of out doing, doing a few things for the podcast here, but, uh, um, did you, uh, did you get a chance to catch any of the games and obviously Logan Couture went off there? Yeah, I watched, I've watched pretty much that whole game, actually. Um, San Jose, I think they're kind of starting to show they're a little bit of a better team. Yeah. Um, yeah, Couture, I mean, all that guy does is score in playoffs. He's money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I if if Jones can just kind of stay consistent and not let in that bad goal that hurts the team, I could see, I could see them winning this series. I don't think they're going to win the West. I still think St. Louis, that was my team from the start. I still th- think St. Louis will eventually make the cup final from the West, but yeah, it's San Jose. They just, they grind it out. They're kind of like Boston. Yeah. They got the vets. They, they don't panic. They know what they're doing. Uh, even against Vegas there, they're down three rip and they come back and pot four in what? Five minutes, not even. So yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I think I think San Jose will probably win that series. Colorado, they're just a little too young. Hashtag go for Joe or what? Start it up. Get some go two- for Joe. Hashtag go for Joe. Get some two months podcast t shirts and <laughs> so. Joe. He needs to shave his beard. I'm yeah. tired of looking at that thing. <laughs> it's embarrassing him. And that's you know the thing sha- I don't like. He about shaved him it. He shaved it at the start of the year. And nah, I don't care, man. <laughs> well, at least at least he shaved it. So I guess I just I just. I, all I know is if I was playing against those guys, that's the first thing I'd be grabbing in a scrum. I'd be ripping those beards so freaking hard. <laughs> Can't stand looking at I them. Don't, if anyone knows you, I wouldn't be a surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to have, uh, in the next couple of weeks here, or at least in the next in the next week, we're going to have uh, Randy Spencer on. He's a, um, I know we kind of do hockey on this podcast, but we're going to kind of do, uh, kind of cover everything. Um, you know, Brian, Ryan Petrovich's background here is, He's got a huge kind of following, and he's got a lot of knowledge with the football. With football, so uh, Randy Spencer won two great cups with the Eskimos, and we're going to talk to him about his time with the Eskimos. We're going to talk to him about 
um, you know, after his afterlife career, like what he's doing now. And um, he's got an in, kind of insurance going on right now. So if uh, and anyone wants is looking for insurance uh, of any sorts right now, he can hook you up. Um, just go to uh, combinedinsurance.ca um, or you guys can email him at rspencer uh, seven, six, seven, six at gmail.com. Um, you know, use uh, promo code BHE one when you talk to him in your email, um, just tell him they'll, they'll give you a good deal. Um, the refer a deal there and promo code BHE one. Uh, so looking forward to having him on, um, he's, uh, pretty local here in the community. He was on uh, Jason Strudwick's show, um, couple years ago so he's uh pretty good we'll get him on talk some football obviously with cfl starting up here so we'll mainly kind of do hockey which which we're going to kind of do but uh, we'll mix in some some football talk too as the season gets on and gets going here so looking forward to that so um you know other more games here tonight ryan uh, any thoughts on you know carolina hurricanes and how they're doing it and you know they're up to nothing going home and What's your uh, what's your overall thoughts of that series so far? Uh, tight defensive series. Um, Carolina, I hope they can. I'd like to see them keep going. Uh, the whole bunch of jerks thing and everything like that just seems like a special season. But they are just getting absolutely decimated with injuries. Um, yeah, they can't catch a break. No, like like I think I read the other day, Van Riemsdyk's gone for a while yeah uh Mrazic, they still don't know so yeah i don't if carolina can win one of the two at home i think they win that series but obviously if they lose both then i think they're done they're gonna lose the momentum and they just don't have the horses anymore um but i don't know this is just just a tight defensive series that one i don't know not a lot of scoring yeah, the just, Islanders had a tough time scoring all the year, and they seem yeah. to do pretty good against the Penguins, and now it's kind of dried up on them. Their only goal is actually a deflection off of, I think, Slavin's stick. So um, yeah, they really haven't forcibly put a puck past the goaltender. Um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, with some injuries, I know that some guys are slowly close, like Ferlin and Shneshnikov there. Um, so hopefully that they can get some kind of some kind of help in the injury front because their depth, their depth players, you know, the Charlotte checkers are, are on to the next round. So, um, so they're not really, you know, they're, they're dipping into that, which is good. The the checkers have been pretty, a pretty good minor league team all year. So, um, but uh, their depth is definitely being tested at this moment. And, you know, they, the Islanders don't have Johnny Boychuk. So it's a big, a big loss for them on the back end. Uh, You know, he's, he's a stabling influence on, on their, on their decor. So, um, you know, obviously Dallas and, uh, St. Louis game, game four, um, tonight here. Um, any, uh, thoughts on that series? It's kind of been, you know, not as overly nasty or whatnot. It, you know, I obviously SL and Dell there last game with the three flops, not good for yeah. the game of hockey, but, uh, kind of like Robert Pertuzzo just going at him and not really holding up. But, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of diving, but like, I, I love Lindell. I've always told people he's honestly, he's probably one of my, probably one of my top five favorite demon. He's just sneaky. Good. Um, yeah. He plays with Klingberg eats minutes. 
doesn't get the love he, he should, but he can't be diving like that. That first one, man, <laughs> I thought for sure he's going to, like, break something, run into the boards there. Yeah. And then there was, uh, I think it was after the penalties got called and Bortuzzo gave him that shot. And his his head snapped back. Yeah, I was like, man, this guy's gonna have whiplash. Yeah, you're trying to draw a call. Like, <laughs> like I get, I get, you're trying to make a call, but three times is a little too much. I think even the ref was like, "Okay, hey, that's enough." So you give him a unsportsmanlike, but not. I just think St. Louis is they. Like I said, they're they're my favorite. They're just rolling going into playoffs. I think they're undefeated um, on the road in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, they, yeah got, they got they got the depth. Their D is good. Bennington's playing unreal. Um, I just don't think Dallas Dallas gets it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, well let's uh let's get to the Darren Dreger interview here. Um yep. uh, let's not waste any time. Uh, we appreciate uh Darren coming on, so let's get to that interview right now. This interview is brought to you by Ball Hockey Edmonton. Ball Hockey Edmonton is the largest and fastest growing ball hockey league in Canada. BHE was started 30 plus years ago. BHE is also home of the back-to-back 2017 and 2018 CBHA Men's National Champions, the Edmonton Savages. The Edmonton Savages were started many years ago by Matthew Louis. The Edmonton Savages captain is 2002 LA Kings draft pick Joel Andreessen. For more information about Ball Hockey Edmonton, you can find their website out at bhe1.ca. That's bhe1.ca. And tell them that the Two Mutts podcast sent you for more information. We are now joined by the uh, TSN insider, Darren Dreger. Darren, welcome to the program. Uh, how's it going? Things are going well. I uh, love this time of year, obviously, with the Stanley Cup playoffs and the World Championship looming and all the, the uh, news and speculation that's hovering around the National Hockey League. So it's a fun time of year. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a very exciting, very exciting time of the year. So um, just kind of, I guess, the hottest question and the biggest question i got for you is what's going to be on the uh, dragger cafe menu uh over at the world <laughs> that's a good question uh you know i mean obviously you know in terms of the guest list it'll be so- somewhat obvious you know when when you look at team canada you've got mark stone there you've got john Tavares there uh elaine vino who's back on the bench again and uh you know we'll take over the reins of the philadelphia flyers uh, very shortly after you know, completing his task with uh, Team Canada. So, I mean, there's a multitude of, of guests uh, that we're going to have access to. But uh, the menu, we keep getting chirped about that on an annual basis. Yeah, and, Jeff, uh, Jeff O'Neill and James Duthie are usually pretty pretty down your throat. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, those guys are high-end, though. I mean, you, you, you don't often go for dinner with uh, Duthie especially. O-Dog... He's not afraid to pull out his wallet. Jeff O'Neill is a very generous guy. He must have learned that in his days of travel on the NHL circuit. But uh, James Duthie's got alligator arms. His, <laughs> his hands never get to the pocket. So uh, he's an expensive date. Yeah, he, uh, he's he also wears a boy small, as everyone says. They always rip him during the Masters time. So like, I, I was... it's, you know, he's, he's a 50-plus-year-old man. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He works hard at staying fit. Seriously. Yeah, I know. Like, just, is it that difficult? I mean, he's in his life. I mean, he gets everything gratis, which again, that's, that's part of the gig, but you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with wearing a men's medium yeah, exactly. as, a, as opposed to a boy's um, small. So with just Team Canada the there, or with the roster being assembled and kind of announced the other day, do you, and obviously with some of the other rosters announced there, are you liking their chances going in? I know USA looked pretty loaded up there. Uh, I, I like their chances, but you can tell that I'm, I'm hesitating a little bit. And, you know, the reason that I like their chances remotely is because you've got to win the game on the ice. You've got to play the games, you know, and, and when we look at these other rosters, yeah, they're daunting. And in certain respects, they're, they're, they're awesome. I mean, you look at team Russia and it doesn't look like anyone should even come close to team Russia. You know, then you have a look at, you know, the Swedish team and uh, the Swedes are loaded up and, you know, the initial roster from the Americans, was rock solid as well. And, and, you know, the expectation was that it could get better with the potential of Austin Matthews, but uh, he's not going for whatever reason. Uh, so that maybe helps, you know, some of the, uh, the other powerhouse teams. Uh, I like the American team. I think that their, their leadership is top notch with Patty Kane going back for a second straight year, but with the ad of John Tavares and uh, Mark Stone, you know, you've got the high end talent, combined with a character there, that was a huge boost for Team Canada. And I, I like the balance between, you know, the veterans and the youth. And I think that that extends all the way into the crease. So Canada's going yeah, to have to fight for it. But uh, I too, think that they've so got a chance yeah, to be a contender. Going right now. Um, with uh, yeah. transition yeah. over to, to last night's NHL, uh, some stuff. Did you get a chance to see what, obviously, probably Brad Marchand did? And is there anything coming from the league on that front? Or is that just going to kind of be left yeah. as is? No, nah, I'd be surprised if there isn't something coming from the Department of Player Safety. And maybe it could be something as, as, as small as a fine. And when you look at the rap sheet of Brad Marchand, um, I think I read somewhere that, you know, he's forfeited close to a million dollars or around $900,000, you know, be it through suspensions or, or fines. So, you know, this is far from the first time that, that, you know, he's been called into question or scrutinized by the Department of Player Safety and George Peros. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm somewhere on the line with this. I mean, it was a cheap and a dirty, unnecessary play. I mean, there's no honor in punching an unsuspecting player in the back of the head. Now, it's not like it, it, it was this uh, haymaker. I mean, it was more of a, a, a rabbit punch. It was just a greasy play. But then to skate away from it and out of the scrum, I mean, that, that takes it to a new low for me. So the act in and of itself would be questionable at best. But, but then given everything that went around it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Department of Player Safety has issue with it. And it could be as little as a fine. But, I, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, if he were suspended. I feel like that might be a bit of an overreaction because I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Kelly Chase uh, responded to my colleague, I think, Pierre Lebrun on, on Twitter. And he, he made a comment about how there are games played within the game. And... I've got yeah. time for that. I do. There's an old school element to that that I can appreciate and, and I understand and I support. 
but there has to be a line drawn. You know, it's one thing to get the old stinky glove into a guy's face in a scrum. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. you know, you, even the, the, the stomp on the stick wasn't a huge deal to me. I mean, I'm amused by that. You punch somebody in the back of the head. I, that, 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 I don't see that there's much room in the game for that. So I'd be yeah, surprised exactly. if Peros um, and the Department yeah, of Player uh, Safety don't act. For his case, they need him, obviously, in the series. This kind of looks like they're they're fine, found a new gear with yeah. some, some time laid off there. So um, to transition over the other series last night, uh, Colorado and uh, San Jose, what were your thoughts on the game last night? Obviously, Logan Couture seems to show up in the playoffs once again here. Yeah, you know, big night, obviously. You know, he caps the, the hat trick with the empty netter. Uh, I think it's, once again, a reminder that we need to pay closer attention to the contending status of the San Jose Sharks. You know, almost on an annual basis, even though in the last four or five years, I, I think they've proven uh, that the window isn't closing. You know, it might be on some players. I mean, you know, Joe Thornton can't continue to drink from the fountain of youth, even though he's, you know, he's still an impact guy. Um, you know, and, and they've got some big questions that require answers from a contract perspective moving forward. You know, we wanted to crap all over their goaltending in, in Marty Jones coming into the, the postseason, but he's been good enough, and it appears that their goaltending is, is elevating here in round two. So maybe we stop questioning the San Jose Sharks, and we start to wonder a little bit about the Colorado Avalanche and, and the concern that I think most had coming into the, the playoffs, could that one line carry them? And maybe we're starting to answer that question. You know, I mean, I'm certainly not going to be the guy who tries to poke holes in the offensive push of the Colorado Avalanche, you know, because of what we've seen already from Nathan McKinnon and, uh, and Ranton and, and, and go down the list. Their defense is, yeah, is really un- good. Un- I mean, what a un- coming un- out party for Kale McCarr. It's unbelievable. The, this, yeah, I mean, this kid is going to be a superstar in the National Hockey League if he continues to progress the way that he's showing us initially. But you guys know this. I mean, to win in the playoffs, you, you can't be a one-line team. Like your your third, your fourth lines have got to find a way to 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 chip in, and not just from a defensive perspective. That's pretty obvious, but you've got to be able to bounce one in off a shin pad or or make a play that that generates some offense. So, you know, because San Jose has grinded out a bit of an edge here, I'm going to be curious and watching closely to see if if their veteran leadership, you know, doesn't uh, yeah, doesn't exactly. push a little harder to um, to, you, uh, to move kind on. Of with- with them, and I know at some of the seasons ending for some guys with RFAs, I know uh, Ryan Petrovich who's on here, with, he wanted to kind of talk to you about with some Mitch Marner news, and we'll kind of get into that yeah. right now. I just wanted to see, do you know if there's a deadline uh, starting for some of these RFAs? You And it's probably a question Ryan will have too, is um, is it Mitch Marner that's going to start this lead and everyone's just going to kind of follow suit on, on these RFA signing? <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. You know, it'll be Marner and it might be Mika Rantanen with the Colorado Avalanche. And, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, at his end of season media availability made it pretty clear that, you know, to use his word, it's imperative that they they get to Mitch Marner and get that Marner extension done before July 1st. The problem with that is, you know, the player and his camp are in no rush, no rush 
to get that extension put to bed. And, and the only way that it gets done, in my mind, before July 1st or, or on July 1st, to avoid the nastiness of the potential of an offer sheet, is if the Toronto Maple Leafs come in with full dollar. And full dollar is going to be upwards of $11 million, maybe north of $11 million. And, and And look, again, I've, I've crunched the numbers here. And to some degree, I can appreciate, you know, the, the strife that the Leafs as an organization are feeling and will feel because of their cap situation. No. But that's not Marner's fault. It's, it's not his fault that he and John Tavares have this unbelievable <laughs> chemistry and Tavares is making 11 million flat. You know, it's not his fault that Austin Matthews is the face of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yet... <clears throat> You know, Mitch Marner is every bit as good a player, and Matthews makes 11.6 and change. You know, so this notion that Mitch Marner should feel obligated to take a hometown discount because he's a Toronto boy is asinine to me. It's absurd. I mean, there is a business component to being a National League player, and you have to exercise your right when you're in that position. So, But to your question, yes. Um, I think that you look around the league, you know, you see Braden Point, you see Matthew Kachuk, you see the guys in Winnipeg and Lion A and Kyle Connor. Um, I think all the player representatives are waiting to see what happens with Marner and uh, potentially Miko Rantanen before yeah, they establish where their guys kinda, at. Uh, what I was thinking, they'll have to wait till the bigger guys get signed and then the smaller guys will kind of trickle in after, I guess. Uh, staying with the Leafs, if you see Marner yeah. getting around 11, 11 and a half, do you think they're going to have to trade Nylander? before the july 1st with his bonus or do you think they would do it after well i'm sure that to the 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 brass of the toronto maple leafs would prefer they do it before you know because he gets an 8.3 million dollar signing bonus on july 1st now guys just do the math here let's assume and it's it's a large assumption because you know there's no guarantee that william nylander is going to be the odd man out I mean, what's clear is that they're, they're going to have to move contracts out, no question about the uh, intent on Marner, and I believe that they do, of course. Um, so, you know, William Nylander got a $10 million bonus when he signed his extension. $10 million plus two in, in salaries, $12 million for this season that he just played. Shortened season because of the stalemate. Now you tack on the 8.3. I can't imagine there's a team out there that, you know, given the, the, the production of William Nylander, which was questionable. I mean, there's no doubt that the stalemate and the fact that he didn't go to training camp and missed a chunk of the season hurt him. It hurt him. It took him a long time to get up to, uh, to full speed. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs conceivably could pay just under $20.5 million in wow. about six months of service. Now, that's got to sting. I, I mean, it's... It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, millions of dollars, no big deal. But at the end of the day, everybody's got a boss and everybody has a board and a bottom line. And I, I, I feel like, you know, Kyle might wear this one for a long time. But again, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, and we always want to link Nylander or Kasperi Kapitan with the Carolina Hurricanes, even though the Hurricanes are doing a great job here in, in round two, um, you know, they're a budget team. They're not a cap team. If they're moving Brett Pesci, say, as an example, for William Nylander, they're not paying the 8.3 on July 1st. 
you know, they're they're going to wait until after July first. So it's going to be curious to to see what happens. And 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 are we sure it's Nylander? It makes sense it would be Nylander because he's a six point nine cap hit. But there's speculation on Nazem Kadri, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they've got cost certainty in in Kadri. Uh, what happens to Andreas Janssen? What happens to Kasperi Kapanen and other pieces? So William Nylander will be. A big part of uh, our ongoing speculation until something yeah, is decided. Yeah, and, and I was summer. thinking um, with Nylander there, I, I don't think he'll get traded. I think it would be somebody else. But like you said, you never know. They might uh, they might need to dump the salary and go from there. Uh, I'm just sticking with the Leafs. What are you What are you hearing uh, with Babcock? Do you think he's safe for another? I guess season or so, or do you think him and Dubis's relationship is kind of on the rocks? Well, I, I think at times it, it was strained, um, but that's not necessarily unusual. Um, you know, especially when you've got a, a very, <coughs> excuse me, opinionated coach in Mike Babcock. And, and that's not a criticism of Babcock. Um, you know, he, he's been around the game a long time. He's uh, fairly decorated, I would say, both in the NHL and, and internationally speaking. So he feels that he's earned the right to, uh, to, to wade in on player personnel decisions and, and discussions. And that's not going to change in Toronto or elsewhere. And that was the case, you know, in Detroit with, uh, you know, a seasoned general manager in, in Kenny Holland. So you can imagine how Mike Babcock, probably thought when Kyle Dubas was named general manager, he probably thought, all right, well, I'm going to be able to, uh, to push my will on this uh, young <laughs> experienced GM. Um, so I think that, the, I think that there have been times where, you know, the relationship has been strained, but Babcock is also halfway through an eight year contract. And, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, at least in the regular season have had, you know, three pretty good years, I would say. So there's been progress with the organization. And, and you know, maybe they need to, to continue to feel a bit more pain and certainly felt that in losing in Game 7 to the Boston Bruins. Where I want to question, you know, if, if Sheldon Keefe weren't the head coach of the Toronto Marlies and he didn't have the success that he's had in the American League and he didn't have a connection or a relationship with Kyle Dubas, I'd dismiss all of the speculation around Babcock. But there's something about that that makes me wonder if Kyle Dubas is willing to, uh, to, to go to battle, perhaps with Brendan Shanahan and, and perhaps with other superiors inside Maple Leaf Sports to make that move now. Because, you know, just pontificating here for a moment, what happens if, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs have another great regular season year, but they win around next year and, and, and then they win around again? You know, well, obviously you're not letting Mike Babcock go at that point. And what have you done with Sheldon Keefe in the meantime? You know, you can pay Sheldon whatever you feel like you, you need to pay him. That's not going to be an issue. But this guy is, has earned an NHL head coaching opportunity. So if it's not happening in Toronto either this year or next year, then you got to cut him loose. you got to let him go. And there are teams like Ottawa, maybe Buffalo, go down the list that at least have enough interest in, in Sheldon Keefe that they'd want to explore the possibility. So I think Babcock is safe for next season, but also the words that Kyle Dubas used in his end-of-season uh, address to the media were curious. 
you know, he certainly, certainly didn't give him a vote of confidence. And it's my understanding yeah, that he hasn't uh, done that since. I'm, I'm a Lee fan and I listen to the guys on overdrive a lot and listen to your, your hits. And, and, and that was an interesting press conference that he had at the end of the year. And, you know, he took more of the blame than maybe Babcock did. And, you know, Babcock's resume does speak for itself. Yeah. You, you still have to give him credit for, for what he's done over his career, but um, just playoff success has been tough. And, we were going to do yeah. some fan questions a little later on. I'll just throw one in now, and it has to refrain with uh, yeah. to Sheldon Keith, and it comes from Andrew Ginther, and he's a Sabres fan, and he was just wondering, will he, will the Leafs grant an interview for, for Sheldon Keith to go to Buffalo for an interview, or is that kind of something you don't think would, would happen? No, I, I think once they make the determination on uh, on Babcock, uh, and and again, maybe internally it's already been made, and the news just hasn't broke yet. Um, and and maybe they don't want the distraction with the Marlies still in the Calder Cup playoffs as well. Um, but I I think that just out of decency, um, you you have a sit down with Sheldon Keefe at the end of the year, and you say, look, <clears throat> here are the teams who have expressed interest and have requested permission. You know, if if you want to expedite your career and you want to be an NHL head coach next season, then we'll grant permission. If you're undecided on the fence um, and, and, you know, we can sweeten your deal here with the Toronto Marlies to keep you for at least another year with an out in your contract, would you be willing to consider that? I think that has to be the approach. I don't think it's as cut and dried as, you know, Jason Botterill of the Buffalo Sabres you know, calling Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan and saying, we, you know, we're requesting permission to speak with Sheldon Keefe when, you know, the Marley's playoff run ends. I think that their first has to be a sit-down discussion between Sheldon and Kyle Dubas to, uh, to get a feel for where Sheldon's at and, and you know, how patient he's willing yeah, to be moving no, exactly. forward. Um, so moving on to the Edmonton Oilers, obviously this is probably the biggest topic around the NHL besides what, what's not going on in the playoffs. But uh have have the Oilers been granted permission to speak to Kelly McCrimmon yet? Well, it's a good question, um, and and uh, I don't have a definitive answer for you. There's there's been a, a lot of circling around the Vegas Golden Knights and Kelly McCrimmon. I mean, we in the media have batted this yeah. thing around for months now, right? As as soon as Petrelli was was let go by the Edmonton Oilers. For me, anyway, um, and I've got some history with Kelly McCrimmon that dates back to my days with Brandon Wheatkings. And, uh, you know, he obviously was a coach and a uh, general manager and then ultimately became the owner. So I know Kelly pretty well. I know how sharp he is as a, an NHL executive. And I know that he's got a tremendous workload with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So for me, you know, with all due respect to some of the other qualified candidates, I thought, you know, he was fresh a bit outside the box, and, and he would be the obvious top candidate in Edmonton. Um, I believe that Edmonton reached out late last week, and I believe Seattle did as well. But I can tell you guys this, that first-round exit in Vegas was stinging. I mean, it left a mark with the Vegas Golden Knights, both the players and the coaching staff, and, and obviously by extension, um, management and ownership. And, and so I don't know for certain that Vegas has granted permission just yet. And even though that's not great for the Edmonton Oilers, because man, this process yeah. is dragged on. Um, if, if Kelly's the right guy, then you've got to be patient. 
and you know we'll see uh, so i i don't have a clear-cut answer for you on that but it's got to happen i would say if kelly mccrimmon is the next general manager of the edmonton oilers uh, I feel like we're probably going to have an answer on that no later than the weekend. And the only reason I say that is because I know the timeline that Bob Nicholson and the yeah. Oilers are working on, right? And and they've got to get a man in place. So if it's not McCrimmon, then maybe it's more likely it's 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 Mark Hunter. Uh, and you have some other guys like Sean Burke and Dave Nonis that are also still involved in the process. But we we've talked a hell of a lot over the last several weeks about McCrimmon and or Hunter. <laughs> so um i think it's it's a safe bet yeah. it's like is there going to be one is of there a two. lead candidate in your mind obviously i know mccrimmon might be the guy but are you if it was hunter if it was burke um are you in your mind do you think those would be pretty good candidates with for this market that you probably know pretty well too obviously working working some working some years here yeah i do yeah, no question about that. And I've got a healthy respect for both those guys, Mark Hunter and, and Sean Burke. I guess the one thing that I would worry about if if I were ownership, senior management, if I'm Bob Nicholson in Edmonton is, you know, their lack of NHL general manager experience, is, is that going to cost us moving forward? You know, Mark Hunter has had a, a, an unbelievable run in the Ontario Hockey League with the, the London Knights. You know, he was instrumental in in some big drafts with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and yeah, he's, he's made some real big trades, you know, at the major junior level, but he hasn't done it at the NHL level. That's not to say he can't. I mean, of course, you make one trade, now you've made a trade, so you're experienced in making trades. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Um, and, and likewise for Sean Burke. I mean, you know, Sean Burke uh, has sat in many boardrooms over his days in the NHL and, and, my understanding is his interview with Nicholson was very impressive. You know, he came in exceptionally prepared. Um, he had a very impressive presentation on uh, the direction he planned on taking the Edmonton Oilers. And, and that's a messy situation. You guys know this. I mean, it's not just about trying to find players to make Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl better. First of all, you've got to, wiggle your way out of cap hell. You know, that's where the Oilers are right now. There's no doubt of that. Um, they're tied to, you know, a handful of bad contracts. So, you know, how are you going to work your magic in, in trying to wrestle out of those um, and, and still stay focused on drafting and developing well and making sure that you appease a very hungry market. So I, I'm assuming that Sean Burke and, and Mark Hunter have answered all those questions, but Dave Nonis, as an example, has lived it. And I think that that might be part of what's hurting Dave Nonis in this process is that he lived it in Vancouver. He did it with the Canucks. He did it with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the problem is, you know, even though those teams went on to be successful teams after he left and his fingerprints are still all over the Toronto Maple Leafs, he doesn't get credit for that from a fan perspective because all they see is the disappointment that maybe went along with with the years spent in Toronto and, and before that Vancouver. So if it were purely experienced, Dave Nonis would or should get the job, but it feels like that market wants somebody fresh. And because of that, that's why I see McCrimmon or Mark Hunter or Sean Burke 
more likely yeah, in, uh, in getting that job. Yeah, it's pretty hot, obviously, with us living here. And, and you know it pretty well from your time working here, too. So it's uh, it can be pretty tough yeah. at times. But, you know, the fans are loyal. And obviously, with them sending out their season ticket renewal lot yesterday or the day before and, you know, kind of give trying to give back to yeah. the season ticket holders. And I think there's a deadline on that around May 23rd or something. So I would assume, like you said, probably by next week. Um, they would probably hopefully have someone named. Now there's um, a question that Jason Greger kind of posted and talked about on his show uh, the other day. And I kind of, I spoke to him about it and he kind of gave me the okay to kind of run it by you to kind of give his thoughts. This is just what he thinks. It's not in any inside info, but he was thinking on what, right. how bad things are and how toxic they, they've been over the past years, especially this past season. His idea was thinking, which, mm-hmm. Is there a possibility that you think that Daryl Cates and Bob Nicholson, say if they have their GM kind of, they know by the end of this week and by Tuesday of next week, they come out, Nicholson and Cates come out, do their own press conference. And in that press conference, they address on all the things that kind of the fans are wanting to know, but they also talk about some of the people in, in the pro side that they've moved on from. Instead of having the GM come out a couple days after and having that GM have that on his hands where he's got to let some guys go. Do you think, I know Kate doesn't usually speak to the media and or probably ever speak to the media, but is that something right. you think could happen? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I've heard it speculated, uh, but, but only from media. Um, so in answer to the question, could it happen? Of course it could happen. And frankly, I think it would be a huge step in the right direction, you know, for Daryl Cates to to put himself out there front and center, no different than many of the NHL owners have done in the past. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, show that you value your season ticket holders. Uh, and, and Nicholson stood in there, what was that, a month or so ago when um, they, they had all of those gatherings with the season ticket holders. I mean, he wore a Kevlar oh, yeah. suit to those things because... <laughs> I mean, he took bullet after bullet after bullet, um, but he had to do it. He had to do it. He he had to face his fan base and, uh, you know, the, the, the most important investors, which are the season ticket holders. So why shouldn't Daryl uh, sit in there and, and, and try and present? A f- I don't know what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. The one thing that I would be so, a little bit surprised with, though, is, you know, it makes good sense for Nicholson and Cates to, you know, do the bloodletting if, if that's what's required. But guys, let me remind, let me remind you of this. And, and I reported this a month or so ago, you know, I know that some of the GM candidates would prefer that either Bob Nicholson, Daryl Cates, or the Oilers senior brass, you know, deal with Ken Hitchcock as an example yeah. before the general manager has to. Right. Um, and the message a month ago was, no, 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 that would be up to the new general manager to decide in what capacity he wants Ken Hitchcock, if he wants Ken Hitchcock at all. So if a decision has been made now by Nicholson and or Keats that they're going to make those calls, then that's a change because a month ago that wasn't the plan. I, I also think your general manager should be able to put hands on, on hockey operations, including the coaching staff. And, you know, by now, if it's Mark Hunter, McCremen, whoever the candidate is, they'll have thought long and hard, and they would have explored all of the people involved in coaching, pro scouting, amateur scouting, all of that. 
But I'd be shocked if day one of the hiring, that general manager came out and said, I'm relieving Ken Hitchcock of his coaching duties. I'm changing pro scouting. I'm adjusting amateur scouting, all that. You do need a little time in the chair to to go through a process. And unfortunately for the Oilers, that's time they don't have with yeah, exactly. uh, you know, the draft now essentially right you're running, corner. You know, you're running out of time on trying to name a coach. You know, some of the good coaches have just been hired and um, – you yeah. know, you didn't get a chance to interview Quinville and you didn't get a chance to probably interview Elaine Vigneault. So you're kind of, you're, you're might be going to a coach like Housley yeah. or Bob Bugner, um, of those likes. And I don't know if that's something that the others are going to go down. I, like, I don't know what your thoughts on those coaches well, are or who could be the next yeah. coach of the others. Obviously it's tough to say before GM's yeah. made, but, um, right. It, it, you know, it depends, obviously you're right on, on who the general manager is. I mean, you know, let's just for sake of, of having some fun in conversation. If it's Mark Hunter, um, you know, then you got to yeah. wonder, you know, yeah. does brother Dale come with him from, from London? Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that might be the only way that Dale Hunter would bother jumping back into the NHL and, and leaving the place that he's very comfortable and successful in, in London was, would be to work with his brother. I mean, that'd, that'd be a fun experience for him. Um, lots of rumblings about what the Toronto Maple Leafs bench might look like beyond Mike Babcock, you know, is DJ Smith ready to be an NHL head coach. And, you know, there's a connection there to Mark Hunter. So, I mean, there, there's some possibility and, and look, you know, depending on the view of the general manager again, um, you know, does anyone expect that the Edmonton Oilers are going to be dramatically better next yeah, year? I, I don't know how they possibly too. can be. So, yeah, so so maybe you're better off to just again, as painful as it is to ask your fan base to be patient. Um, you know, you've got a, a good internal candidate there in Glenn Gullitson, who the players love. You know, I mean, he's got NHL head coaching experience. Obviously, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing to just you know slide the clipboard over for him uh, to him for a yeah, year or two no, exactly. and uh, see how and now, things work with out Keith Gretzky do you obviously it's kind of sounds like maybe he's not in the in the running and maybe he is maybe we might not know all that but if he isn't and he oversees the draft do you see him kind of moving on after the draft cuz maybe he felt like he was overlooked on the GM position or would you say, think he would stay stay with the organization for the seal of the future well i i think I think he'd have an option to stay with the Oilers. And I look, Keith is, um, you know, he's a highly respected hockey man. It doesn't matter what his last name is. He's, he's earned, you know, his position and he earned the right to be considered a candidate for the GM job. You know, it feels to me like, you know, if, if he were still a candidate um, and I don't know that he's been told that he is or he isn't at this point, but if he, if he was given everything that has gone on around this search, I, I think Nicholson would have recognized at this point, okay, well, we haven't found anybody better than Keith. So Keith, the job is yours if you want it. Well, that hasn't happened. Obviously that hasn't happened. So it doesn't seem like, like, you know, he's got a chance, frankly, at being that guy. Um, I think that Keith is going to be sour about it. I think that Nicholson has been very transparent throughout this process with Keith, because I know Nicholson highly respects Keith Gretzky. Uh, and Keith Gretzky has done an admirable job as the interim general manager since they let Peter Shirelli go. Um, but it'll depend on, on what the next general manager sees. 
Guys, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers push for like a three-headed monster here. So you've got your general manager, but you have at least two assistant general managers and maybe three. And, and the responsibilities are shared in a variety of different ways. You know, so is Keith Gretzky going to be part of that two or three-headed monster? Uh, and maybe that's a decision, you know, that, that he's going to have to make after spending a bit of time with the new general manager. But I say this with confidence. You know, if Keith Gretzky decides that he needs or wants a fresh start, I have no doubt that he will have ample opportunity from other teams around the National Hockey League yeah, because exactly. of the work that Three he's done. Three is not a bad idea because obviously it seems to work in Toronto with Lawrence Gilman and Brandon Printham, right? Obviously with yeah. Kyle Dubas. So, yeah. you know, it seems like maybe that could be the new way of, way things are going nowadays in the NHL. Um, now, sure. let's stick with the orders to finish up and we'll move on to a few other teams. But uh, with their contracts, are you, are you seeing any way they can get rid of the Lucic contract or – um, some contracts on the back end with uh, either Sekera, Russell, or um, Noel Larson had the worst year of his career last year, but I don't know if you're going to trade that guy with the polarizing as it is with that trade yeah. with the Hall. But are you hearing anything, or is it too early to kind of speculate on, on what you could do with those deals? Yeah, it's a bit early. and Yeah, it's a bit early. Uh, you know, I can tell you that I feel more confident that, uh, you know, the Oilers – uh, could and, and will have some success uh, in changing their their back end, uh, more so than in trying to move the Milan Lucic contract. Uh, I mean, that is such a tough one to move unless you're willing to, you know, take a real bad contract back. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you're a budget team <coughs> lower in the spectrum of the salary cap. You know, you, you, you're not taking on a player who you, you're fairly certain isn't going to help you in the long run just to do the Edmonton Oilers a favor, unless you're, you know, the, you, the pot is being sweetened to a point where, yeah, you're okay with eating the money because you're getting a good young player or you're getting a higher draft pick or something along those lines. So uh, I know that leading up to the trade deadline and I don't know which team it was, but I was told by a good source that there actually was an inquiry Oh, on the potential wow. of a Lucic trade. I don't know if it's an East team, a West team, what the Oilers may have had, but, but I say that carefully because uh, I think that, you know, the, the yeah, inquiry we... was nothing more than that. It was an inquiry. It wasn't a trade offer. It was just, you know, what is it going to take? We, you know, what are you looking for in terms of, of moving the deal? Would you can, it, I don't even know it got to that point. Um, because I circled back a day or two okay. later and was told, yeah, we don't want a radio in that one. So, <laughs> that tells radio you where they're podcast at. on that, something like that. So, um, with the Montreal yeah. Canadiens, yeah. obviously they kind of had a bit of div- like a, they had a good season. Obviously, they probably would have get tried to get into the playoffs. But uh, with with them, do you see, you know, that it's always kind of talked about getting that number one center, getting that number one center. I don't know, you know, the way Matthew Shane's going off in the playoffs here. I don't know if he's going to stay in Columbus or not, but. Uh, it would would the Canadians probably try to reach out to him if he makes it to July first? Yeah, I think so. Um, not sure of that either. I mean, the, the Montreal Canadiens are are doing good work in in again being patient. It's an overused word, but they're doing that. Um, they they hit a home run in Max Domi. I mean, Max Domi isn't your typical top line center, <clears throat> but you know he he filled the void, and they've got Dano 
who is very good for them as well. But there's still a need up the middle of the ice, and, and that's pretty clear. You know, Kotkin and Yammy uh, is going to need a little bit more time. They've got some good young players coming up. Nick Suzuki, uh, you know, uh, had a real good OHL run here. I mean, whether or not he's going to be NHL ready, I think is a, is a huge question mark as well. So, you know, in the meantime, um, Mark Burge and the Montreal Canadiens have to consider all potential and possibilities. And, you know, Matt Deshane has proven that uh, he can be part of, of a winning organization. And, you know, he's had a lot of questions uh, thrown at him uh, and around him since the, the Colorado trade to the Ottawa Senators. But I think that he's answered a lot of those questions based on his play through two rounds here with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So for those who thought that maybe his market value would, would dip a little bit if things didn't go well in Columbus, they're going great in Columbus. And they're far from done in Columbus. So I think that he's going to have his pick of the litter. Yeah, exactly. and maybe you Montreal wonder is part what of that. Bobrovsky and Panarin do. Um, do they stay or is the rumors going to uh, right. Rangers or Florida? Um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what, how all that plays out. Um, in kind of with the, with the Calgary Flames, um, kind of just bounce around a few teams here. You know, with them, obviously it, the hottest topic was kind of goaltending throughout the year, and then goaltending did good, and then uh, in the playoffs, and then the offense kind of dried up. Um, I know it's kind of been pretty quiet out of there lately, but uh, what are your thoughts on them over their summer here and how they, their goaltending will shape up? Yeah, look, you know, I mean, goaltending was was a big question in Calgary all season long, and it was the number one concern going into the playoffs. But goaltending was not the undoing of the Calgary Flames in round one. It was the fact that their top line guys, their their offensive talent, you know, couldn't match what what Colorado threw at them. And you know, Nathan McKinnon found a way to take his game, you know, to a new stratosphere. I I, I mean, what he did in dismantling the Calgary Flames. Uh, was remarkable. Um, so defensively, they they didn't seem to have an answer for that as well. So I'm I'm not so sure that there's a ton of soul searching going on. Maybe some internal questions, and and maybe there's some guys, you know, who are highly paid in Calgary who have been proven performers that you know looked in the mirror at the end of the the, the round one to say, hey, all right, well, I, I didn't do my job. How can I get better? What areas do I need to improve on, you know, mentally and, and physically? So I think it's going to happen here in the off season. But, you know, I say that and, and I know Brad Tree Living has uh, lost lots of sleep, you know, since being eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, he's a pretty active general manager. So if if there are parts of his team that he doesn't like, that he knows he's going to improve on, then he's going to do that because he's not afraid to, to make significant change. So maybe it is a goaltending tweak. It might be, but, you know, the goalie doesn't put the puck in the net. Goaltender doesn't generate offense. So I think it's going to be yeah, more exactly. of a challenge from Bill um, Peters. So and coaching to finish staff up here, regard. we just got a few fan questions. Uh, got a question from uh, Johnny Rodas. He was just wondering, is there any players overseas that uh, we're looking at of signing in in the NHL, guys from the KHL or other uh, the Swedish Elite League or the Finnish League to just keep an eye on uh, over the next uh, month or so here. Yeah, there's there's a couple. Um, 
Uh, Joachim Nygaard is a, a Swedish player who, uh, in my mind, is is uh, is going to you know draw a terrific amount of interest in the in the National Hockey League. I don't think that there's any doubt of that. Uh, I know that the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know, I reported this the other day, uh, but they signed Igor Korchkov to an entry level contract. He was drafted, I think, early second round by the Maple yeah. Leafs in 2016. That was the Austin Matthews trade or uh, draft. You know, he's a, a talented forward, and they've got another guy coming in uh, Mikheyev, who now I, I think we're going to learn about this probably early next week. Uh, I know the Maple Leafs are, are among, you know, three or four teams that are in the final stages with Mikheyev. So, you know, maybe the Maple Leafs look different, you know, up front with uh, these two, you know, young Russian players coming over. So names like that have surfaced and uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably hear more of it at the end of the World Championship because, again, keep in mind, these players, unless they're owned, uh, Toronto could sign Korshkov because he was a drafted player. Uh, but the free agent guys, uh, okay. they've got to wait until and after. And just the, the last question, and so there could we'll be finish, a few off, more. finish up on this. Is uh, comes from Cole Dehanyuk, and he was just wondering if uh, Darren Drager is named the Oilers general manager today. What are the first three moves that Darren Drager would do? So it's kind of a loaded question. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh boy. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good one. Um, well, number one, you know, we've already kind of glossed over it you know you've got to find a way to generate some cap relief uh how you do that you know whether you you beg steal and borrow to move milan lucic's deal um i don't know maybe you have to move one of your back end guys maybe you've got to include uh, a sweetener to uh, entice a team but you've got to get cap relief you have to get cap relief because that's the only way that you're going to be able to surround Connor and, and Leon with, with better players. Um, and, you know, be careful in how you dip into the free agent pool as well. Uh, I think that, you know, so move one would be making sure that uh, I generated some cap relief. Move two may not be a move uh, other than to make sure that my market understands that this turnaround is going to take a couple of years. That's just the, 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 the reality of the situation. Um, and part of that would be going through Bakersfield. I'm not as sold on the up-and-comers that people talk about in Edmonton who are playing in the American Hockey League. I'd want to do a forensic audit of the talent that I have coming through the system. And if I'm unsure of some of that talent, I start moving those pieces out and, and trying to refresh and either turn them into draft picks or find other young players that I'm, I'm more sold on. And then thirdly, and not in any particular order here, um, I'd make sure that I was um, surrounded by new and, and uh, don't know if experienced is the right word, but different thinkers inside my hockey operations department. And, and we've talked about that as well, you know, not just a couple or three assistant general managers, um, but do we love the amateur draft and how we've done over the years, aside from winning the lottery, of course, uh, the pro side, you know, did Pete Chiarelli make some of these deals on his own or was he encouraged by his, his pro? The two months podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket company where you can get tickets for any kind of shows, concerts, theater, 
or sporting events. If you need any kind of tickets, SeatGeek is there to help you and 100% guaranteed. Use promo code TOOMUTS to get $20 off your purchase. That was a good uh, interview that we just finished up with uh, Darren Drager. Really appreciate that. Uh, what did you think of the uh, the interview there, Petro? Uh, solid interview. Uh, love Drager. Good interview. Talks great. Down to earth guy. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really appreciate that. So, yeah. uh, for people that kind of don't know who we are, um, obviously with that interview, we might draw some people that are new to our podcast and and don't know who we are um we're just a couple of local mutts in edmonton alberta um you know with uh we have some connections through the uh the nhl through media side and obviously with uh ryan petrovich's brother alexander petrovich playing in the nhl we got connections through that way so uh we're just trying to bring a different element to the podcast um we've had uh elliot friedman on before um We've had Jamie McLennan on numerous times, and uh, um, this was the first time we got Darren Dreger on, so we really appreciate that. And that's him coming on, and, and uh, I know we probably said that numerous times, but that's uh, kind of the the gist of what we're going to be doing is kind of getting big big name big name guests like that. Um, you know, probably can't get them all the time, and there's only a, f- a few months left in the season, um, so we'll uh, try to get much content out as possible with the teams eliminate getting eliminated the playoffs and leading it to the draft um, and then free agency. Um, But we also cover ball hockey on this podcast. So we, we appreciate uh, our listeners through the ball hockey part Um, might not be for everyone, but uh, you know, ball hockey is pretty huge here in Edmonton as you can speak for Ryan. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big here in Edmonton. Uh, There's two leagues. Um, I, I don't even know how many people play, man. It's gotta be, gotta be, I don't know, 10,000, maybe a season. Yeah. And something like that. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty big in Edmonton. Yeah. And then B ball hockey, Edmonton, BHE, yeah. um, is, is obviously it's the fastest and, and largest, uh, ball hockey league in Canada. Um, you know, the, the amount of players that play in this league and the, the star power that's in this league too is you got guys that are holding Baker finalists. Uh, you got former NHL players. Even last night, Spencer Fu from the Calgary Flames was playing last night. So, um, you know, so you got, uh, you know, regardless, you got some pro guys playing and then you got your got your muckers. So um, guys that are just out for a run and have, have some fun. So um, that's kind of what we're about. So we're going to bring you guys more of that kind of content going forward in the next couple months here. And then uh, during the uh, off season, once, uh, you know, free agency's done and stuff like that, we'll reach out to some of the NHL players we know and try to get some of those interviews out um, for you guys. Uh, We're not trying to copy anything that's already out there. We're trying to do something different and do something fun. And um, we appreciate our sponsors, Long Ball, uh, Ball Hockey Edmonton, uh, SeatGeek, um, you know, uh, Canby Homes, Appreciate all those sponsors coming on and anyone else that wants to come on. We, we uh, look forward to that. So uh, kind of with ball hockey, we'll finish up this podcast kind of talking about BHE. Uh, their re-tiering is going to happen over the next couple of days here. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams kind of blowing, 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 blowing it out and 
doing their part, uh, you know, running out the score, winning their divs. So they're obviously going to get moved around. Um, we're going to have uh, Steve Weber on to talk about that uh, this weekend. Um, you know, even some of the Diff 1 teams are having a tough time catch, getting a win there. And we've announced our three stars of the week, and that's something we're going to do forward. So we'll, we'll have those packages for those three stars awards out uh, Thursday or Friday here uh, for those individuals that won. Um, you know, and you, you're, you've been refing quite a few games here now. Uh, you know, you probably can touch on a few teams you refed. You were after Crown Royals the other night. Those guys got uh, – it was the game after – that I played where you ref my game and they were short bench, but they got some really good players on their team. I don't know if you were able to kind of, you know. Yeah. See uh, Crown Royals, Crown Royals. Oh yeah. So they kind of had the green pennies on that night after yeah. my game there. Yeah. So yeah, they were, I think they were going to have, uh, they were going to have a couple guys from a lower div come out, but Jeremy had noticed them and told them like, just, and just maybe a good for everybody. For the summer league, you can only play for one team. You can't you can't be say on a div ten team and then come play a game or two with a div eight team. Everyone thinks you can affiliate. The only team you can affiliate with would be a div one team. Yeah, yeah, it's um, good to get that back out there. Cause yeah, it's, it's happened a few times. So yeah, and and you can get suspended from both teams, and teams can get fined and stuff. So just a heads up for guys: just play on one team. If you want to switch to another team just sign the form that you're done on the one team and switch to the other. Yeah. Uh, But back to crown Royals. Yeah. They had, Oh, I'm trying to think of his name. His last name was like jet Jevney, maybe Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. He's with the, uh, yeah. He's with the uh, medicine hat tigers. Oh, is he? Yeah. He played. He's just finished his up his 20 or 20 year, 20th, like his 20 20 year old year. year. Wow. Uh, Yeah. There. So yeah, he's, uh, you know, they gave, he wasn't the captain, but the last game of the year, they put the C on him and everything. I played with him a couple of years ago. He's actually a really, uh, I really played ball hockey with him. Obviously not in the dub, but um, <laughs> I'm old and I'm not that good. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I played ball hockey with him. And, yeah, yeah just, he was, uh, just a great guy, great player. Yeah, he honestly, him and uh, there was another kid out there. They Man, they were just flying. For, for six guys, I don't think Buddy left the floor once. Yeah, I probably probably didn't. He's in great shape. So. Yeah, yeah. He he was. Yeah, he played really well that game. Uh, yeah. I refed some Div One Two a couple nights ago, Redline, and now I can't even remember, man. You want to talk about a brutal memory? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, that THC or whatever it is. Hey, it's all that THC. Yeah. Is here. Yeah, we'll call yeah. it that. Um, yeah, so. ah, man, now why can't I remember? Anyways, yeah, no, I, I've refed one div one, two, all the way down to 11. And yeah, yeah, it's been really good, man. You get the yeah. odd guy that yells at me or swears at me, but what yeah, else is new? It's all, it's all in good fun, I guess. I walk down the street and people yell at me, so it's no different. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. so yeah, we'll, you know, we'll have some news on the, uh, you know, we'll, we won't be breaking it. You know, obviously these teams will kind of know, but we'll break down why these teams got moved and why they're in the divs that they uh, they got moved to and why they got moved to the div that they were previously in. So we'll have that out this weekend. So I don't know the exact date when the league's probably going to have that. I was my guess is maybe Friday, Saturday, maybe even sooner. Maybe teams are already getting notified that they're they're making the move up. 
or the move down. So, uh, you know, kind of the bar south there. Um, I think they'll be okay where they're at, but they can't buy a win right now. Uh, Tyler Kerr, the GM there for that team is just, uh, you can only do so many player only meetings, I think, you know, so. <laughs> Only do so many, and then they're starting to look up the ladders. So. Yeah, they might be calling you pretty soon to come out of retirement. So, so. Uh, no, but I don't. They need a glue. They need a glue me. guy. So, no. Well, if they're looking for a pizza guy, maybe, but <laughs> exactly. not a glue guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess well, that's kind of it. We'll just finish up on that. Uh, just a few things here. Um, you know, if anyone's looking to play some three on three ball hockey right now, there's uh, registration is out for. Uh, for some three-on-three ball hockey that's in Edmonton on June 1st and June 2nd at London Airy Mall. This is a top-shelf three-on-three tournament. Um, you know, Dean Crossland and uh, Aaron Crossland, they'll handle your registration. So you just go to their website at uh, com. Um, you know, just you guys want to sign up. They got all kind of different levels, men's, women's, co-ed, um, kids and teenagers. So, um, everything's on the website, so go there. Uh, let them know that uh, that BHE one sent you. So use that promo code with them, and uh, you know, obviously there's no hockey in Canada three on three. So these guys are stepping up, and um, you know, hopefully uh, get a pr- pretty good turnout. Uh, they're accepting registration up here pretty quick, so you better jump on it before the spots are uh, are no longer there, and then. Just one little more plug here for ball hockey, and we'll do this if any other teams are going to women's teams or men's teams are going to uh, to nationals, ball hockey nationals. Uh, we got the uh, women's team in, in in ball hockey Edmonton here. The uh, the Cherry Pickers, uh, uh, Shannon uh, LeBlanc, kind of runs that team. She's looking after it, so they got a liquor basket prize um, going on right now, so you can get uh, get some tickets for that. Um, one ticket uh, for five bucks. Um, you get one ticket for five bucks. We get three tickets for ten. Um, you can just email her. the The draw is going to be on uh, June twenty six here for the liquor basket draw. So if you guys want to reach out to her, it's uh, Chantel at allstarx.com. So you guys want to purchase any kind of tickets for? They got some great liquor packages. So everyone likes a few few drinks here and there. Um, so again, Chantel at allstarx. Uh, dot com there uh, so reach out to her let her know that the two month podcast sent you and uh, they'll take care of you there so get you guys all situated i guess we'll finish up on that ryan and um we'll put we'll have another podcast coming out in the next few days here uh so we'll have some news on on that and i appreciate darren Dreger coming on and we'll finish off with that anything you want to add before we head out there no, not much. Just uh, thanks again to Darren for coming on. Uh, like you said, we'll probably have some more uh, ball hockey talk and stuff on our next episode. This episode with Darren just went a little long, and I'm sure it's probably going to be a little longer than most are normal. Yeah. Podcasts. But yeah, we'll have some uh, BHE talk coming up this weekend for sure with the new retiering. And yeah, we might have a guest or two from BHC, depending if we can get them out at the rink. Yeah, well, I think we might get either uh, Steve Weber or Jeremy Claus or one of the two from the league. I think Steve already said he would do the interview on the weekend here. So okay. we might have that Randy Spencer interview out by then, too. Um, if not, we'll probably have it out the next couple of days after. But, 
yeah so uh thanks for everyone for listening and uh hope everyone enjoys the podcast you guys can follow us on our uh on twitter instagram and uh facebook at too much podcast uh, appreciate uh follow and a like as uh, always some free swag we're handing out with long ball athletics so always good to follow those to be a part of those free giveaways to get some golfing gear Oh, yeah, I can't go wrong with free stuff. No, exactly. So, all right, take care, guys, and uh, chat soon.